Good afternoon, I'm Mavale Molloy, and I've got my partner in crime with me, Aspasia Karras, <laughs> and uh, welcome to Between Two Femmes. We exactly. finally we finally have a name. <laughs> we thought we quite <laughs> delight in Zach Galifianakis, Between Two Ferns, which is a brilliant concept. Yes. yes, and we just think we're a bit you know, more entertaining than ferns. A bit more lively, I think, Slightly. than ferns. Slightly. Yes. I mean, also less green. <laughs> well, yes. Green is never a good color on no, a person. It usually no. implies that there's something horrendously wrong. But this is between two of femmes. The, of the stomach. Um, this afternoon, we're going to have a little bit of fun. Um, 
Wow. Firstly, we've got Sam Lin, who is the founder of Sam Star Shoes, exactly. joining us this afternoon. As for Sia, you as it happens, we are sporting exactly the same pair of booties. Yes, and you but two didn't plan this, hey? Like no. this, this, <laughs> this just happened. <laughs> but I am, I am a great are. fan. <laughs> so. Well, thanks for having me, guys. <laughs> now, the two of you know each other on a personal level, correct? Like, you've known each other for a while now. Well, because um, Sam manifests quite frequently <laughs> at the Marie Claire offices <laughs> right. with a little bag of um, sample delights. Because um, it's like a candy store. It is like a candy store. And then she whips them out, obviously, so that we can shoot them. Yeah. But also so that we can go wild and pre-order them. And so... I've known her for a while. Okay. That was me, like, sort of mouth running with delight. I have to, like, smack my lips when I think about Sam's little bag of goodies. Fashion, Thank and, you. fashion <laughs> and shoes are definitely your, or one of your favorite things, as for Sam. Indeed, shoes. Shoes. Shoes run in the family. Yeah. My great-grandfather had a shoe factory. Oh, oh, really? In fact, yeah. And he would propose to my, he'd, he'd ask my mother, his granddaughter, what kind of shoe did she want this weekend, for example? And yeah. then she would say, well, I'll have a little red one with a barrette. Or <laughs> I, I say this. Um, sadly, the shoe factory no longer exists. Oh, Otherwise, no. I would be at the helm of it. Well, this is true. And I'm pretty sure you'd be popping out a lot of exclusive designer shoes, which, Sam, is really yeah. what you do through Sam Star Shoes. Yes. So let me find out more about your label. Um where can I find your shoes? Let's start there. <laughs> yes. Um, well, first of all, my shoes, I've supplied all the mid to high-end boutiques around the country. Okay. I probably have about 38 to 40 plus stores, including um, two online shops. One is Spree.com. Oh, yeah. Spree.co.za. Yes, yes, yes. Um, the one is upcoming, um, still in the progress. I think until they pronounce they have a fashion line, I can't really say who it is. You know, it's quite a major online store, but I won't be able to say it yet. Otherwise, in Joba, we've got Santa, Morningside, Parkers, Bethel View, High Park, Cape Town, East London, Durban, literally everywhere. And would you say that your range is more of an exclusive type of shoe? I mean, it's it's not mass-produced. No, 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 it's not mass-produced. Okay. <laughs> exclusive limited edition oh. leather collection. So it's terribly lovely. Okay. So and and whenever I wear a pair of Sam stars, then everyone goes, "Oh, where did you get those?" Right. And then I just have to like sort of direct them to the Facebook page with like a great deal of bitterness in my heart because obviously <laughs> I don't want everyone wearing what I'm wearing. Now, part of the thing with exclusive shoes is, of course, that you sometimes end up paying uh, quite a bit of money. So am I going to need to save <laughs> to buy a pair of Sam Star shoes? No, then? I think they're reasonably priced. Um, like price from probably 800 to 1.8 for the leather boots. Yeah. So I think they're reasonably priced. Sam has put out on the table. Let's describe this for everyone. You you do this because you this is yes. this is where so you. This is the original Sam Star booty that I wore to death, yep. and I have two pairs of these. Um, they're little lace boots, and they are black lace. Actually, Sam should describe them since she no, makes you, them. You describe Little them. black lace boots that are absolutely delightful in every way. Little ankle booties. The, the lace is delicate, yet firm. I can confirm because <laughs> you, you know what? I wore them to death and they still look okay. Do you know what that makes me think of? That also that almost makes me think of it's like having lingerie for your foot. Indeed, that's very, what I wanted to create. Very lacy, very sexy very and sexy. sensual. And still classic. Yes, still classic. So I thought so elegant. Yeah. I thought so. This is a classic sort of Sam Star beauty, which she still produces, and they still constantly yeah. sell out. I actually did it three years ago. Indeed. But they still look fresh. Yeah. No. But um, I thought she should bring us some samples from her new collection for spring summer because you know, what are we if not fashion forward here? So let's think ahead to September, people. Now you and Sam, Aspasia, the two of you are actually working on quite a little exciting project where you're getting to make your own pair of shoes. True. Which, which true. True. So that is actually for spring-summer. Okay. So what happened was she popped into the office to show us the samples. 
And I said, oh, Sam, the thing that would delight me the most is if Sharon and I, Sharon is our fashion director, Mm -hmm. could design a little limited edition exclusive shoe. And she said, sure, which was, you know, insane and music to our ears. And so we have, we are in the process of doing it. And it's been quite something because what happens is that Sam, now we realize what it actually takes to design a shoe. Well, and it's not your grandfather going on, <laughs> throw it up off, off the... It's quite a process. Well, t- take me through the process because, you know, if, I'm thinking, I, I don't know anything about, um, you know, designing shoes. I'm not that that way inclined when it comes to being creative. So what is the, the actual process involved in then making your pair of shoes? Um, involved quite a bit of um, te- technical knowledge. You have to know your footwear. Mm-hmm. Like your heel, the size, the I mean, last. What is the, the last? last? The last is this. This is the last. So, so it's the like bottom the bottom part. The bottom, bottom part. part. The, the heel, so the like actual the heel. Okay. And this bottom part, the whole thing is called the last. Okay. So every single shoe is different. It's like, I don't know, every person's different, right? Mm-hmm. You can't really change you to Aspasia. Mm. So it's shoes. Although we're trying, we're, we're trying. trying. That's yeah, why we're no, between two femmes. <laughs> Before we know it, we'll have swapped personalities. Well, yes, but there's a lot of involved with fabric, technical knowledge of size measurements, because your foot is quite sensitive. Mm-hmm. Like your clothing, you can alter it. You can make it smaller. You can wear medium, large, extra large if you want to. But shoes, if you're size five, wear size five. You can't wear size six. So there's a lot of thing to do with the the material as well, the color, the material. The heel height is going to make the comfortable or uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So, so they. But I have to say that the most fun part has been, firstly, I mean, we named the shoe. Well, yes. We called it <laughs> the Betty. <laughs> okay. Is it going to be? Is it going to be a summer it's shoe? So a it's a summer be, shoe. Like it's a summer sandal, shoe. We're terribly sandal. excited. Okay. Um, we can't say too much just yeah. yet, no. but it has been really exciting. And then she goes, "Okay, I've got a sample. It's only." 50%. No, 20. It was 20%. She was like, it's 20%. We thought it was like definitely 60%. But now, next Friday, we're going to see the second sample and it's 90%, she says. Okay. So How 90% complete. But yeah. Um, yeah okay. 90% close to what we want. Sometimes, I mean, the first time is always a rough sample. It's a prototype sample. It's never, you never get it right. Unless the factory, the, the people who actually make the shoes are clever enough to actually make the shoes 100% right. Ladies, I must admit that um, I am a little bit intimidated and a little bit afraid of heels. I, I'm 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 a flats kind of girl. Like right now, I'm wearing like mm. a pair of these ballet and that's pumps. That's why you'll be delighted by what we've produced. <laughs> yeah. No, no, you're gonna have to wear my shoes. You're gonna wear the comfort. I've I've got all this evidence, and I can have people. I mean, Sharon, Aspasia, many others. They yeah. wear heels, yeah. and we go dancing. We and do go dancing. In fact, I can't possibly dance in a flat. No, but what you said the other day actually shocked me because you said that apparently flat shoes are bad for your feet because well, why? they can be. They can, they can be. be. Then you can end up with Damon Calvary's problem, which is plantar fasciitis, which sounds as bad <laughs> as I thought that was is. just like a, a, an inherited condition. So it's not it's like it's, a it, you can claw toe or something. Well, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> uh, in fact, what it is some is that people it puts get it, too some much people pressure don't. on your... Um, on the almost on, on the heel and I think plantar fasciitis those on the heel oh. and because so because you're walking constantly and flat mm-hmm. your your heel no but very sore and it feels like nails. So are you uh, saying that I'm I, saying you need to get up on those heels? Okay, lady. but now we've also been told by experts that um, you know heels are bad for you because of A, B, C, and D, and one of the reasons is that. You know, when you're in a pair of heels, your foot is not exactly in a, in a natural And that is why, that is position. why I am so bringing also the barefoot runner. Because apparently barefoot runners run in the perfect natural condition. And that is slightly forward mm-hmm. on the forefoot. So they land almost on the very place where the high heel shoe okay. places the burden on the foot. But you know what I want to say about the, the, the trend, the trends coming up? Yes which are the flat forms, which are terribly ugly shoes. So what we've done 
Have you seen those? No, I haven't. Oh, what do they word. look like? They look like sort of very Three sort of thick, sporty. Very thick sporty. sandals, thick sandals. But like the the I don't know if you remember those buffaloes back in oh, the day. Oh, okay. I see what you mean. I see what you okay, mean. Okay, so that level of like sort of. Flat. Are those making a comeback? They are coming. Not Why? the buffalo, not the buffalo, <laughs> no, but the, the shape the of the, form, the yeah. platform yeah. and then a sandal on top. Mm. I don't I find those, I mean, fugly. Let me just put it to you. Okay, Sam, as, yes. a, as a designer, yes. um, let's talk about trends and how things, like, like Aspasia now is saying that these platforms are apparently making a comeback. Yeah. What drives these trends? And like who gets to decide, ooh, this season – Platforms are big, or this season, no, it's um, it's heels. Like, how does that whole thing work within the industry? I think the leader of the fashion industry will be all these Chanel, Louis Vuitton, Gucci's. I think they start their own trend. I mean, especially in 2014 spring summer, mm-hmm. I think the sports deluxe is very popular. Very mm-hmm. popular. It's always been, but it's always played a role. But this year, I think it's a bigger role. They make it Definitely. a bigger. I mean, I think in in many ways. The trend, I mean, what preempts the trend? I mean, if you go off and um, listen to somebody like Lee Edelkurt, who comes along every year to the design in Darba, and she is a creator of trends. So she sits in her, I don't know, magic tower somewhere <laughs> in Enthoven and says, hmm, I'm feeling donkeys and gray. And then suddenly you'll see that all the colors – so, for example, nail polish, all the nail polishes that come out in the next three years are all in these like sort of peculiar mushroomy gray colors. Mm-hmm. Is it because Lee Edelkurt felt it in the air or because she said it and then sold it to a lot of people who then manufactured lots of fabric and lots of – so it's always a chicken and an egg situation. I'm yeah. not sure where the trends come from, but mm. they certainly there is a there's always a feeling in the air. And, and then of course comes. and then of course we mere mortals will see a Beyonce or a Rihanna yeah. wearing a particular something and then we think, Oh, gotta have it. We embrace it. And then everybody yes, wants to yes, have it. Yes, and suddenly we're all wearing a Rihanna midriff crop top, top yeah. crop top going all nineties. Suddenly designers, high end designers are doing like a you know, Balenciaga is producing an entire season of crop tops, and it's become a trend. It's become a thing. Oh, it's six one double five one eight nine is the number to call. Um, if you'd like to join in in our conversation, you can also reach us through um, Twitter on Cl- at cliffcentral.com, um, or you can message straight straight through to WeChat through the Cliff Central ID. Um, we're talking shoes today, but I want to cover all aspects of shoes. And you know, right now uh, we've been dealing with the more glamorous aspect of shoes and you know, talking trends and that kind of thing. We've got Sam Sam Lin of Sam Star Shoes in the studio with us. But Aspasia, I'm going to bring in Lisa Cowan now. Yes. And she runs, uh, well, she's... This she, is, this is. you know, you asked me yesterday, what am I going to do for my 67 minutes? Yes. I'm going to do this. Lisa, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Okay, now, Lisa, you are with a shoe charity. Can you tell us more about what you do? I'm with a, a, an NGO um, called the Union of Jewish Women, and one of our big projects this year is to collect second-hand shoes. Um, we're collecting them so that we can give them to a company in America, which that, that company will give us money for those shoes. Okay. But that will allow us to to complete a whole lot of other projects. But the project that the the, the American company do is they um, support micro-enterprises. So they give the shoes to the micro-enterprises so that they can teach them how to repair the shoes. Once they've repaired the shoes, they help them to then set up their own little businesses so they can become independent. So it works on all levels. So so that's what our big project for this year. And so how many shoes have you actually collected up to this point? Uh, we are close to the 10,000 pair mark. Which is which is remarkable, but we, the initial aim was to try and get twenty five thousand pairs, mm-hmm. um, and that's been quite lo- quite difficult to achieve. And where does this uh, company um, train these people to repair shoes? Or, or is it global? It's global. Um, at the moment, there are um, centres in Haiti. There's some in in um, Swaziland. Um, there's one, I think, in Kenya. Um, so there are quite a few going around, 
But what we've asked them to do is really consider setting up something in South Africa. Mm-hmm. That will that the the purpose of that would be twofold. Firstly, we have the need to create more jobs in South Africa, but also from our point of view, to collect shoes in South Africa and send them out of the country um, feels to me a bit. Um, it doesn't feel it doesn't feel as good as if it would it would to keep them in the country. Um, so let, sorry, carry on. No, no, no. You carry on. I interrupted you. <laughs> so I, I, what I was just saying is, I, I'm trying to get them to commit to setting up something in South Africa. It won't happen this year, but possibly next year. So, Lisa, where can we? Um Deliver us shoes. Donate the, the the pairs of shoes that we would like to. Yeah, to because they have 67 you. minutes tomorrow. I need to bring some shoes. Yeah, I mean, how, <laughs> how are we going to get this? Uh, how are we going to get this set up? Okay, the, um, we have a house in in Seapoint, Seven Albany Road, okay. in Seapoint, um, where where the shoes can be dropped off. Um, or people can phone in to zero two one. Four three four nine triple five to the Union of Jewish Women, and we can try and organise either to collect them or to give them other drop-off points. Yeah, because the main we're, drop-off we're points, speaking to people nationally right now. Okay. Oh, okay. So if if you um if you need places in Johannesburg or Durban, the best thing to do is to call into that o double o o two one four three four nine triple five, and we will try and source a place where we can, where you can drop them off so we can collect them. And what are you planning to do with the money? Oh, we have got we have got a number of projects that we we support. We have a creche in Kensington, where we have um, 120 ch- students um, who go in for daycare, so we feed them every day and, and provide the education. Uh, we have two um, disabled homes um, in in the townships: one in Kailich and one in Danoon. We have another creche in Danoon as well. Um, there, there are there are lots and lots of them and um, lots and lots of projects. And once we have the money and know how much we've got, we'll be able to distribute it and, and use it hopefully. Lisa, is there excuse me, is there a website that you we can go to if we want to get more information? Yes, there, there's a Facebook page. You, if you just look up Union of Jewish Women Cape Town, okay. that will give you our Facebook page. There is for the shoe project. There is these shoes are made for work, for working. Dot um, um, that's a website. Um, and there's also these Shoes Are Made for Working Facebook page. Um, and the Union of Jewish Women has a website called www.unionofjewishwomen.coza. Um, okay. And you'll find lots of our projects there. Good. Well, I'm very excited because I've already earmarked a whole lot of... Um that, is <laughs> that is too wonderful. That is too wonderful. Basically well, over. <laughs> what we're doing is as people donate and, and give us a, a, a nice donation or even a small donation, however you donate, we try and put you on our Facebook page and give you a shout out. So if, if whoever know, donates, and, and you, you've got a lot from Marie Claire. I think we've already donated about, um, I think there's 200. 480 pairs from <laughs> Marie fantastic. Claire. Yeah. Which is, which is absolutely <clears throat> wonderful. Um, so, so we, we try and do a shout out on Twitter and on Facebook. Um, and, and really we just try and acknowledge because people have been so generous. That's fantastic. Lisa Cowan, thank you so much. And, and, um, good luck to all the good work that you, that you guys are doing. Thank you very much, and thank you for having us on your show. Fantastic. So um, if you want to get more information, you can go to their Facebook page, Union of Jewish Women, or you can go to www.unionofjewishwomen.co.za. It also saves us having to make all those sandwiches tomorrow, my buddy. <laughs> we can just hand over our old pair of shoes. You know, there's, there's, a, there's a lot of there are a lot of different things that uh, people are planning to do uh, for no, Mandela Day tomorrow. What are you doing? So. I think I will donate my... Some shoes as well. No, well, this is the thing because now that I think about it, what do people usually do with the pairs of shoes that they? I've got loads that they've outworn and they're done with. Do they just throw them away? What they do sit in your cupboard, yeah, taking up cupboard. space when you could be <laughs> filling it with new shoes. Now, Sam, yes. um, I, I've, I often hear men, you know, talking about women and shoes and our obsession with shoes, and they're like, "Oh, I don't understand this thing." I don't it's think like, they will ever. <laughs> Let's just talk about this relationship between a woman and her pair of shoes because we really do make it out into this, you know, this this intimate thing. And and I know I've experienced it. Sometimes you walk into a store, mm. you see that pair of shoes, and you literally hear harps 
playing yeah, in yeah, your mind because exactly. you're, you're really Do having you? a moment. Do Duncan, you? our I controller. I just get palpitations. <laughs> no, I, get, I get almost like orgasm when I went to the Prada shop in New York. It's a oh, shoegasm. Well, exactly. you're right. Yeah. I was That's like, oh my God. Shoegasm. I never had that feeling before. We've got our engineer, Duncan. He's sitting with us in the studio. Shaking, at shaking, he's shaking his head. He doesn't get it. But let's just talk about this relationship of a woman and her pair of shoes. It's a very intimate relationship. Where does that come from? What is it about shoes that makes us go swoon? Um, for me, it's, I think it's from, it's getting to my heart, getting mm. to my every single blood cell. So if I see a beautiful pair of shoes similar to a, a beautiful man, I think I'll I'll probably go for the shoes. <laughs> the same effect. You'll have like less stress. Like a guy has told me that she's married to Sam Starr for the moment. So I keep on trying to set her up because she's so gorgeous. I'm like, Sam, Sam, what's happening with the like relationship situation? And she goes, I'm married to Sam Starr. Well, for now. For now. For now. You, you're committed you to Sam Starr for shoes. now. You can't no, divorce with no. shoes. I mean, you marry, you're married and you understand. I mean... Yeah, you can't I, do both. I devoted my it's life to either year. shoes or men. But well, no, no, we no, can no, have no, a both. No, definitely we can have both. You should have both. <laughs> now, this is my baby rather than love. Yes, it's yes. love and the baby. Yes. It's my baby. But do you think it also has something to do with the fact that, you know, women's shoes compared to men's shoes, there's just so much more you can do with yeah, totally. a female pair of shoes. Do you think that that has something to do with it as well? Embellish them, for example, which is a huge yeah. trend. I just want to stick to the trends. Mm-hmm. Because we we must tell people about the trend. Okay, then let's. But see. definitely embellish. Yeah. For yeah. so think jewels etc. And you can do that. But I think it's because when you put on a pair of shoes, especially a pair of high heels, <laughs> they elevate you instantly. Yeah. There's a certain um, power mm. that is instantly yours. It's like getting a like an a, you you become more confident almost, and you you, yeah. know, you become more, more sassy. Exactly. And I know that guys, even though they, they, they don't understand our obsession with shoes, I know that when a man sees a woman in a pair of heels that just make her legs look extra fantastic, exactly. I know that that much it they is. love yeah. and they appreciate can that. I, can I just I just nodding now. Yes, now Initially, he was completely befuddled, <laughs> but now he's nodding. Yes, now he's exactly. Nodding. Imagine a woman with a, beautiful, um, a black mini dress. Mm. I can just imagine she's wearing a flat shoes. She looks nice, mm. yeah. Mm-hmm. And a sneaker. She looks different. Now she look. She wear sexy stilettos. Then it's completely different. Can you see the same dress? But can you see the different image, different feeling attached to the image? Yeah. As well as the boots, the thigh high boots or ankle boots. Oh. It's same dress. Yeah. You have five different pictures, but give different feelings about yourself. Mm-hmm. Never mind, we dress for ourselves. We're not dressed for anyone else. Okay, slightly. I think slightly. women dress for other women. Slightly. <laughs> and not even for men. No. Hey, for other women. <laughs> I dress for myself. I don't dress for anyone else. Okay. And so, like example, your black mini dress, you wear all five the same dress but different shoes. Mm. You, will have, you will feel differently and you, your message sent You'll differently. You certainly project yourself differently. Exactly. Now, not a lot of us can afford to indulge in hundreds and hundreds of pairs of shoes. Um, we probably try to because, you know, you, you see a pair of shoes and you've got to have it in that instant. But, you know, we don't exactly have walk-in closets like the celebrities do. Is there like a, a, a number of pairs of shoes that a, a woman, magic number. A woman oh. should have? Does that number change according to seasons? Like, how, how does all of that work? Like, how many pairs of shoes should a woman have in as her many cupboard? as possible? There's <laughs> <laughs> no numbers. Uh, I'm I, with Sam on this one. But I have to say that if you are on a limited budget, then what is very important is to determine what suits you because not every shoe suits every person. Mm. And... Say, what is the trend for the season? What is the most classic shoe that will work for me, that will last me one or two or three seasons, rather buy a more expensive shoe, because it will last you, I feel. I feel that it's worth the investment. Okay, well, speaking of buying a more expensive shoe, I actually um, I got a list of the top 10 most expensive shoe brands that I want to run by you ladies in a minute. Um, 0861-555-189 here on Cliff Central. Um, let's let's take a bit of a break and then um, we will also be talking to the barefoot runner that you mentioned yes. earlier, Aspasia. Well, because, I mean, how insane. 
Well, that's, he has that's given Hanwe Langenhoven. Yeah. Yes. So we'll find out from him why he's running barefoot and why it's apparently good for you, and we'll get a, a, a lot more information as well. Um, FifthCentral.com. DJ Cassidy. Chaos. Na, 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 na. Going through, you seem to know just what to say. To turn it all around and put a smile right on my face. Yeah. To me, you are a blessing, and I show sure appreciate how you change negative to positive and brighten up my day. And whenever I get weak and lose my will to carry on, I just look at you because you give me the reason to be strong. If it wasn't for you, I just don't know where I would be. So tonight I'm gonna celebrate your love for me Make the world go around here on cliffcentral.com. Um, Which is an appropriate choice, I feel. Clearly, somebody <laughs> has been listening to yes, us. because shoes kind of do make uh, a woman's world go around, hey? Um, I don't know. The, I, just, I just don't think that it's only a female thing. No, you're, you're right. Um, uh, I mean, I think we come from a history of uh, men who are delighted by shoes in this country. Oh look, and we know, and we know that men's men's fashion can also, it can be extremely mm. more expensive than women's fashion. Much more. So yeah, I always say for them at least they've got the paperwear delight, and that's also the joy with the um, shoe mm. paperwear. You're not going to wear the shoe once or twice, and people will go, oh, that old shoe again. <laughs> They're going to be delighted to see your shoe, yeah, in a new context. Yes. Um, I think that's only ever happened to me once where somebody said to me, oh, you're wearing that old shoe again. Oh, really? Yes. And it was, I have to say, I'd only worn the shoe maybe once um, before. Shit. It was a very spectacular shoe, a Prada, 
And it was a very, very, um, you know, somewhat bitchy fashion person mm. who said, hmm, I saw you wearing that before. Oh, well, like, oh, well, oh when, well, yes. Yeah, yeah, you know, that's what we do with Pay shoes. Pay wear. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to kill these shoes. <laughs> um, we've got, we've got Sam Lynn of Sam Star Shoes in the studio with us this afternoon, myself and Aspasia. Ladies, um, I came across uh, the top 10 most expensive shoe brands on financeonline.com. Um, of course, this isn't, you know, based on scientific research or anything like that. It might just be one person's opinion. But let me quickly go through this list with you. Um, at number 10 is Gucci. Mm-hmm. Um, they say that the starting price um, of a pair of Gucci's is around 600 to $800. That's like the, the starting oh, price. Year. So <laughs> it, it, does that sound about correct? Yeah. So that that would be a, around six thousand rand if you converted to to South African More. rands. Um, yeah, and then at number nine is Mew Mew. Ah, oh, those those are. Uh, you know, I run marathons, yeah. which is why I have met this barefoot runner. Yes. Um, not on a marathon, I might add, <laughs> <laughs> just on ye old trot around the neighbourhood. <laughs> but my my aim is when I finish the marathon, it always ends in a shoe shop. Ah, is, is specifically that, a Mew Mew shoe shop. Is that like a reward this is one of my for favorite brands for yes. completing the marathon? Yes, you reward yourself with a pair of del uh of Mew Mews of Mew Mews. Um, number eight, Stuart Weitzman. I, I'm not Weitzman, familiar. Yeah, I'm you not can familiar get those with the spits. Yeah, yeah, spits. Okay. In fact, they are the one of the nicest, most very cl- elegant, elegant, very elegant. ladylike shoes. I have a brilliant um, stiletto from there. Mm. Okay. Black stiletto. And then Brian Atwood at number seven. Number six is Alexander McQueen. I love Alexander McQueen. <laughs> love. Great stuff. He was the one that also did the like sort of Lady Gaga no heel shoe. Was oh. the Alexander McQueen? Yes. Okay. Now he's the crazy one. Please tell me how that works because I remember Victoria Beckham also yes. got that whole thing trending. It's a shoe without a heel. Yes, I've seen it. Yeah. Have you worn those? No. Does, it doesn't look like it could be comfortable. Or viable. They're not comfortable. And yet it works. So Definitely not comfortable. So you're basically walking on, on your toes. The, the, yes. Well, I'm not sure. I actually, I think that they've, they've done a bit of, I mean, talking of lasts that we were describing. I think there's something in the last and the angle yeah. that yeah. actually makes it work. But it's one of those mysterious um, future-oriented shoes that I was quite delighted because they looked a bit like crabs, you know. <laughs> but uh, you're like, they're out yeah. of fashion anymore. Out of yeah, fashion. Yeah, they're totally out of yeah. fashion. It's only Thankfully, one it passed. One it season? was a one-season wonder. That's it. It just it also didn't look very practical. So there you go. Um, number five, Walter Steiger. Am I saying that correctly? Hmm? Are you now familiar that is with? A pair that I am not familiar with. Okay. I'm not familiar with. All right. Um, number four, Christian Louboutin. Uh-huh. Oh yes, of course. Oh, the rest yes. of shoes. Um, I suppose yeah, if I bought a pair of Christian Louboutins and I needed to be realistic with my finances, how much money should I be prepared to to, to spend? No, because it depends where you buy them, I suppose. <laughs> you know, if you buy them locally, then people have paid mammoth import tax duties. Yeah. And so, what I would do is take the approach of moi. <laughs> run a marathon, then you'll feel completely justified in, in blowing <laughs> a reasonable sum on a very classic pair of shoes. Because, I mean, on the whole, the Louboutins are, uh, you know, rather lovely classic shoes that will last you a few seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, number three, Jimmy Choo. Jimmy Choo. Yeah, mm. uh, immortalized in Sex in the City. This yeah. is true. Along with maybe Manolo Blahnix, which are at number two. <laughs> and um, at number one, in the top ten most expensive shoe brands, Louis Vuitton. Yes. Huh. Ah. Well, there you go. And there these you, go. you can buy locally with Wild Abandon. Okay, so um, who have you got on the line? Oh, sorry. We've got <laughs> we've got Hanu Langehoven on the line. Now, Hanu is the uh, bear runner that Asfasia... Well, uh, not you, bear, because that Barefoot be runner. My, my mistake. <laughs> Straight into naked territory. That would be a different kind of runner. Um, he is the barefoot runner. Well, well you take over here, yes. because you actually met well, him. Well, there it was. I was running. I belong to pirates, and so um, does Anu. And we were running along last Saturday morning before the Pirates 10K. We were doing the helpers run. And suddenly I looked down, and there he was running 
barefoot, not in the funny vibram, you know, those frog shoes mm-hmm. that people run, the five-toe frog shoes. Yes. Which I always find rather surprising. Um, he was running completely barefoot. And naturally, I had to ask him a few questions. And then I thought, he is such a fascinating person. Let's bring him on to our shoe show. So, Hanu, is it good to run barefoot? Uh, thank you for being on your shoe show. Um, <laughs> yes, I think it's uh, it's the best way to run. Uh, really? To run barefoot. Yeah. Tell yeah. us why. Um, the reason I think for running barefoot is the best way of running is that um, we were kind of born without shoes. Mm. And for millennia, people have been running after animals to hunt and that type of thing and to get to places, and they were doing that barefoot. So our our bodies and our way of running has evolved around running barefoot. Now, Hanu, part of the reason or part of the evolution of shoes, certainly when they began, was uh, because, you know, people were thinking, well, how am I going to protect my feet? So it's, it's, it's interesting to hear that you're saying that it's, it's actually the best way for, for a runner is to just go barefoot because shoes are, are there to protect your feet. Yeah, certainly when, when we figured out um, how to protect our feet, say, 12 or 15,000 years ago in the Northern Hemisphere, where it was um, glacials and, and ice and snow most of the time, you put something in between your um, foot and the ground. But mostly that would have been a piece of leather rather than a heel. Um, <laughs> Southern Hemisphere, we probably never tried that approach. We said, oh, it was in moderate climates. So we just ran barefoot altogether. Um, and then uh, not so long ago, we said, well, maybe we should protect our um, feet in from the impact. And that's when running shoes kind of um, evolved. And... Some of the newest studies shows that the running shoe is actually um, changing the way we run and actually hurting our knees because we're now changing all the um, biomechanical and dynamics. And it's quite interesting. And, and as a result, a whole lot of uh, running shoe companies are now producing free-form shoes so that you can run as close to possible to barefoot without actually being barefoot. But now, Hanu, here's the question. You have developed like a sort of skin on the bottom of your foot, haven't you? You were telling me all about it. Yeah, you, when you start walking barefoot, because I live barefoot rather than run barefoot, and then running barefoot is just an extension of it, the few first few weeks or months, it's, your feet are quite sensitive um, because you're not used to um, going about barefoot in, re- in life every day. Um, but over time, your feet become tough. Don't really develop a hard skin, but your skin becomes more pliable, durable is a good word, um, for the surroundings. So you don't feel the the average small stones and, and type of thing anymore. Which is quite fascinating to me because really it did look kind of soft, yet hard. <laughs> and leathery practical. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's, that's <laughs> a good The practical foot presenting yeah. its own solution to... Yeah. to the lifestyle of the yeah. roads. But now here is my question to you. you They're laughing at me. They just think it's crazy. Um, you actually, I mean, I loved it when we were having our chat because it's actually become much more of a, it's become a bigger thing. It's become a bigger thing than you. When people see you barefoot running, it almost inspires them to think about certain things, and that's what you were telling me, which I found fascinating and moving. Yeah. The, the reason why I started um, going barefoot altogether, which was the 1st of January 2010, which makes it, I think, at the moment about 1,600 days, was to, to rethink a lifestyle, really. Um, and eventually I, I ended up at four things, um, the one being to remind myself and then other people about the social injustices that are happening or the social justice issues, the people that sleep outside, for example, um, and also the ecological um, justice issues, uh, water degradation, all those things. And it then also it forces me to slow down. Now, in an age where everything is moving quicker and quicker, I think that's a good thing to do. And some of us are and, running in hills, I might add. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then... And then Lastly, it reminds me about um, responsible consumerism, mm. as to maybe think twice, you know, fork out um, 6,000 rand for a pair of shoes. Is that really the best thing you want to do? 
Um, That's a slap in people... the face. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it just makes people think and, and creates a, um, a conversation about it. Um, and what has happened with, with me going barefoot is we've, we've done a project recently with comrades um, where we raised about 3.3 million rand for veg garden development. And I know of a number of schools around Johannesburg that started their own small barefoot projects where they um, raise funds to buy food for people in need and that type of thing. That's fantastic. You know, I love I love hearing that, um, Hanu, because I remember my dad telling me stories of his childhood, and they had so little at home that him and his brothers would sometimes share a pair of shoes. I mean, that's exactly this is exactly the kind of things that you know that you're raising awareness about and making people think about. Yeah, exactly. Um, look, look, a barefoot lifestyle is not for everybody. Not everybody starts walking barefoot all the time. Um, <laughs> Certainly not <laughs> me, Hanu. Although I am deeply moved by you. <laughs> uh, but, but if there's you know, two or three people doing it, it, it does create the awareness. And the nice thing or interesting thing is it's now an international movement, which didn't start with me. Um, the first, the big barefoot running book was written by McDougall, I think, um, Born to Run. Yes. He said we were born that way to run that way. Um, and there's a society for barefoot living, an international society of people that live barefoot and they do all kinds of things all over the world. Oh, hang on, Hanu. This this barefoot lifestyle. So are you saying that, um, in, like, for example, in winter, are, are people still going about their I've business seen, I've barefoot? seen Hanu now without his shoes in winter. Wow. I mean, that's, that's serious dedication right there. Well, well, exactly. From, from my perspective, if, if you're doing something um, to raise awareness for, say, for example, social justice issues, and you're talking about people outside, mm. then it's easy to go barefoot during the summer, and mm. it doesn't cost you anything. It's actually in South Africa, it's actually a nice thing to do. Um, it is part of our kind of cultural background. Like you say, as children, we went barefoot. On holidays, many people go barefoot um, around because we've got a moderate climate. But if you're doing it for a cause, and it becomes winter, then it becomes kind of a cop-out if you say, no, I'm going to wear shoes because I have the choice. Yeah. The reality is most of the people that are suffering that you, you want to create awareness for, they don't have a choice. So therefore, this is, I think, my fifth winter um, going barefoot. Which is truly spectacular. And also, I mean, big ups to you for raising that quantity of money during Comrades. Mm. And do you find that people stop and talk to you? Yeah, all kinds of people um, would, would talk to me. And that, that's the other thing. Um, going barefoot breaks all kinds of boundaries, racial, um, gender, age boundaries. People that would never talk to me um, in a normal um, way of life will start speaking to me. On the how train, people will ask, how are you barefoot? You know, What's going on? Why are you doing it? Um, Muslim people, uh, young ladies, old people, farm workers will say, I'm actually crazy and will ask me why I go barefoot. So it really um, breaks down boundaries between me and other people, and we have lovely discussions on why I go barefoot. For example, last night I had a discussion with city power people while they were fixing electricity. They said, but why are you barefoot? And, you know, yeah. you pick this problem up because you're barefoot quicker than other people. So, yeah, it, it really is a, is a conversation starter, which is lovely. Hanu, that's, um, I find this whole thing very interesting and, you know, also the fact that you can couple it with uh, the good work that you're doing, I think ah, that, that's and fantastic. And here is the question that we need to ask, Hanu. Yeah. In terms of um, your running style, because when I read um, Born to Run, he he had to adjust his running style because he was getting injured by a lot of his um, running shoes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was explaining to my buddy that, in fact, the running style that is considered most natural is to be kind of a four-foot striker. Has that happened to you since you've taken um, up barefoot running, walking, yeah, living? <laughs> yeah, you, your whole way of um, walking and running changes. Your whole alignment changes the moment you take off your shoes. Um, you can only imagine that your heels are lower down than the two or three or five centimeters. Um, Running-wise, you shorten your stride. You're not falling onto your heel anymore, um, so you're not um, hurting your knees. So you're falling midfoot. It's a much softer um, way of running. And then if you want to speed up, you kind of pick up your cadence rather than stretch your stride and then falling on your um, heel. So you 
run quicker with your legs rather than extending a stride. And that avoid Damon Calvary's problem of plantar fasciitis. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I don't have those problems. And um, Achilles tendons, they don't get hurt. And knee problems, they all those things, they kind of disappear when you leave your shoes behind. Ah, well, there you go. You learn something new every day. Hanu, thank you so much for talking to us this afternoon. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Enjoy your afternoon. Bye. I'm going to go online right now and look up this barefoot lifestyle business because I didn't know that there was a whole lifestyle. A whole movement. A whole, a whole, whole movement in an entire And lifestyle. apparently there's a whole tribe of um, runners, a whole, you know, with this guy, the McDougal guy that he was referencing, mm. who live in South America um, in some sort of isolated part of Mexico, escaping the drug lords, basically, mm. <laughs> and running really fast. <laughs> but they're born to run, so they're actually, as small children, run around barefoot and continue throughout their lives. And they sort of go up against um, amazing sort of international runners running barefoot, which is pretty fantastic. But anyway, it's quite something to witness him out on the roads. And it is quite a moving thing to realize that he is actually doing it for, for a greater cause yes. and for something that's a lot more meaningful. But um, just um, but his Sam, four I, foot strike, Sam, which I was introducing yeah. so that we can prove why high heels are really better for you. Listen, that's, <laughs> you, know, you know what? Tell me why at the end of a, of a night you will see a group of women coming out of the club and they're holding their heels in their hands uh, because, they, because, I'm because, <laughs> because they have not trained their feet properly. Well, they're not wearing the same stuff. So. <laughs> ah. I promise you, my okay. shoes won't kill you. Sam, I have, heard, um, I've, I have heard people say that when you do buy a pair of heels, you need to break them in, um, which means that you need to maybe wear, wear them, them yeah. around the house, you know, just well, you need to break the shoe in. Is this, is this correct? Yes, when it's new shoes, like new clothes, they're all quite a bit stiff. Yeah, and it, it is going to hurt. In Hopefully the they're not a bit too tight because then, then, that's then the you'll have to side. do something else. No, then that means you bought the wrong <laughs> yes. side. The wrong Which has side. happened to me where I've been, oh, my God, it's the last pair on sale. Have to get it even though it's the wrong side. <laughs> no, you can't. I'm sure my foot, Cinderella syndrome, I call it. <laughs> we all get that. We all have that. Okay, uh, yeah, it's almost time for us to wrap it up. Uh, but thank you, Sam. Sam, thank you for joining us this afternoon. Thank you. Um, and thank you, Aspasia. Thank you, Mabali. This, uh, uh, we'll be between two ferns next week. <laughs> oh, no, fems. Fems, yeah. between two fems right here on cliffcentral.com.